Uncle John. Yeah. Why did the zombie student take Latin class? I don't know. Because Latin is a dead language. Oh! Podcast. This is episode 207, and I'm your host, Stephen Deutschman. This week, I am joined by Amanda Farrow, as always. How are you? I'm better now. Um, yes, we're back. Because we're, we're hanging working. out. We're, we're working. Um, you're having some, you had some, some stress. I get it. I'm here to save the day. And as always, you are the princess of power. Um, today, we're talking about video games. And specifically, Heck yeah. we're going to ignore any negativity in the video game space, except for one thing that I'm going to bring up. <laughs> um, but we're going to get just hype for, for a good 45 minutes and just talk about the games that are coming out in 2020 that you and I are excited for. Woo! How about that? So I yeah, am, I'm into it. Let's do it. I am as everyone knows, a ever-flowing chalice of hype. And so my favorite episode of every year is the an- most anticipated video games episode. It's my favorite thing. I love talking about it. I love looking forward at the shape of our year. And as Amanda and I realized while going over the, the uh, show notes for this episode, the shape of this year is very weird, and we'll get to that in a moment. First, though, we should go around the horn because you and I have actually been able to play some video games over the last handful of weeks. In fact, you were playing a video game oh, while yeah. we recorded the podcast last week, which um, I sure was. Which was fun, and I was jealous because I wanted to play, but I had to host. Um, also, you had to prepare for your PAX East panel. I got to be mostly, I got to be mostly in the back seat on that because you and Linda were like crushing it and I'm like I'm pretty. <laughs> it's true. I mean these are these are facts. Linda uh, does a great job with the board game podcast. We will have her on more frequently. She reminded me that I have not been inviting her on as much as I should, which is weird she considering She should be on She should be on all the time. She should and um we're, we're going to work on that. She's the board game editor for Engage Family Gaming after all. So, let's go around the horn first. I want to talk about Terraria. Let's do it. So, I've had Terraria on my Switch for a little bit. The PR agency sent me a code not to review it, because it's... How do you review Terraria? It's like a billion years old. But they sent it to me because they thought that I needed to have it. They sent it to me along with Control, which is the one that I had already talked about. It was for our game guide. And so, I, I booted it up when I first showed up, and the kids played a bunch of it. And I didn't really understand what was happening, but yesterday I really sat down and wanted to like put my shoulder to the wheel and like really try and understand it. And is it bad of me to say that in every the, the, I cannot imagine a universe where I would not just rather play Minecraft? You know, that's fair. That's fair. Tell me why though. I'm curious. So, I mean, okay. Terraria, for those that don't know, 
I guess just look up a YouTube video and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Terraria is an open kind of sandbox exploration building game. The difference between it and Minecraft, the biggest one, is that it is on a 2D plane and it is pixel art as opposed to 3D with voxels, like the big blocks, right? Mm -hmm. So the perspective change, that doesn't bother me too much. I actually really didn't care because I love pixel art games. You know that. And I thought that that was something that would give me, you know, I I thought I would be excited by that. And that it would kind of draw me in a little bit more than some of the Minecraft experiences I've had have been. The problem is that the controls are really clunky to the point where it was really hard for me to engage with the systems. Now, Terraria was originally released on PC, and I was playing it on the Nintendo Switch. So it is possible that if I play it on the PC with a mouse and keyboard, maybe I'll like it a little bit more. But... Navigating the menus and trying to build stuff. Like, I couldn't build anything that I actually wanted. I just clicked build buttons and things appeared. And I really have difficulty figuring out how to play a building game where I can't build anything intentionally. Right? Okay, got it. Um, also, fighting the monsters was just really obnoxious. <laughs> because... They have these slimes hopping all over the place. And I'm like, cool, I can fight slimes. I'm used to it. And you can either fight them with your tools, which swing over your head in like a weird, like kind of very slow arc and do almost no damage. Or you can use a sword, which you stab outward. But the problem is there are enemies that hang out at like this half elevation where they are below your sword But, like, you can't... It it was just... There were a bunch of times where I was like, I want to stab this slime, because you need slime gel in order to make torches, and I couldn't do it. And it's not that I was bad. I mean, obviously, I am bad at video games. I mean, we have established this. Um, (laughs) However... That we have. (laughs) But this is, like, an extra layer. Speaking of bad at video games, I'll talk about another one in a moment. Um... So it really was just super frustrating. Now, I know that there are a lot of people out there that absolutely love Terraria. And there are a lot of kids that love it. It's true. Great. It seems like an acquired taste. And for me, there is no circumstance. Yes, my daughter is talking in the background. Hi, Maggie. She's looking at her new McDonald's toy. Um, There is no circumstance where I would not rather just play Minecraft. You know? Yeah, I do. Um, For me, as... Like, I I play Terraria. Terraria is interesting, but it definitely is a very specific kind of game. And the the time that I spent playing with it, the most fun I've had was when I was, like, co-streaming it with uh, a a former colleague. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's the deal, is that... Terraria isn't really a one-player game. That could very well be it. I will... I'm going to assume that that's got to be correct because it's successful enough that it's... I mean, someone has to love it for something. And Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe the multiplayer piece is important. I'll try it. Maybe I'll try it with one of the kids and we'll give it a try. Okay. But my experience so far has not been encouraging. The... To just get it out of the way, speaking of games that I am terrible at, 
the disappointment of my lifetime is Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order. Ooh, man. Like, yeah. uh, I really wanted to like that game, and it was pretty, and it was cool, and Space Wizards with, with laser swords and all that. I am just too bad at games. I was frustrated with myself, and I was playing it on story mode, or like whatever the easy mode is, and I was mm-hmm. still on the second planet just getting destroyed and I was like you know what I'm good so I, I took the disc out and I put it back in its box and I brought it back to my friend John and I said here you go and he was like are you sure you don't want to like take it back and try and level grind you can just and I was like no if I want to level grind I'll play Final Fantasy <laughs> so that's fair uh, it was so it made me so sad though Amanda you know that I wanted to play that game Oh, I do. I remember how excited you were for that game, too. And I, I think it's a good game. It just was... It is not a Steve game. It's not a you game. It is definitely yeah. not a me game. I was very excited to go back to Skyrim, and just... That was my comfort food. I just went back, did that, and and just... It was... I, I felt much better when I went back home. <laughs> That's um, fair. So... You have you have not had a bad experience with your game that you played recently because you've been playing very cute stuff. I have. Tell me about it. I was I was playing um, Chocobo Mystery Dungeon Everybody, which is the remake of Chocobo Mystery Dungeon for the DS. Mm-hmm. So Chocobo Mystery Dungeon is very much like Etrian Odyssey. Etrian Odyssey? Yeah, Etrian Odyssey. And that's an Atlas game. So the the conceit is that you're constantly in dungeons, you're mapping things out. Uh, in Etrian Odyssey, you have to like sketch out your your map as you go with the stylus. So in Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, it's just a lot of exploring dungeons and making sure you're managing your inventory because your inventory is limited. You're managing your hunger levels because you have to bring in Gishel Greens, which is what Chocobos eat, yep. in case you didn't know. And I mean, you have to make sure that you... Yeah, and you also need to make sure that you don't die. Because if you die in this game, you lose all of your items. And you can choose two different two different um, uh, difficulty levels, sorry. And the difficulty levels between the two of them, you can choose one that is classic, which means you lose absolutely everything in your inventory including what you have equipped or you can choose to not lose everything and just lose the things that aren't equipped so you know that's that's what i chose because constantly losing all the things all the time would make me really upset and i probably wouldn't enjoy myself but it's definitely a rogue light it's not a rogue like it's a rogue light because it, it doesn't, it's not as punishing. Yes, you have to do a dungeon several times in order to be powerful enough to get through it. You pick up jobs along the way. So right now I'm playing as a knight. I've also played as a dragoon. And I've unlocked the quote-unquote memories of the white mage, the black mage, and the scholar. And there okay. are lots of jobs along the way. So it's... I'm barely, I've barely scratched the surface of this game. It's extremely deep. It's complex. It's definitely a Final Fantasy game. Sure. It's played on a hex grid. Yep. So 
you're moving around mostly using the D-pad mm-hmm. and you know it's it's very stra- it's very strategic and extremely tactical so you have to be really careful that you don't get surrounded by monsters unless you are playing a class that has area of effect spells or area of effect abilities and you can bring a buddy in with you to the dungeon so that they can help support you yep uh, so yeah, I mean like the story is really interesting too. I don't want to get too much into the story because there's like a lot of spoilery stuff that I can talk about with the story. But just know that, you know, Chocobo has to you play as Chocobo and you need to solve the mystery of what's going on with this village of lost time. Okay. And why everybody continues to lose their memories every time the bell rings. So it's really it's really interesting. I really like the mechanics. I'm not super sold on the story yet, but the mechanics are great. And you can go fishing. Chocobo fishes with his tail. That sounds pretty cute to me. It's extremely adorable. I mean, I'm in. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy games because of this panel that I'm on at PAX East. We're going to be talking about what the best Final Fantasy spinoff games are. So I'm getting caught up. I didn't play Chocobo Mystery Dungeon when it first came out. I went and I was playing a couple of other offshoot games. Like, we're checking out Dissidia again, which is a a T-rated fighting game. Yep. Played the only M-rated Final Fantasy game, which messed me up a little. (laughs) Dirge of Cerberus? Uh, No, actually, I I forgot about Dirge of Cerberus. uh, That's the one with Vincent, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the one I was thinking of. Um, it's Type Zero, so it's the oh, yes. modern um, rated M Final Fantasy game. And man, let me tell you, they went for it. It's bloody as heck. Yes, it is. Uh, I played it at a PAX, I want to say, before it came out, and I was like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a it lot, was, a lot. It was a bit much. And yeah, what's it's weird is it's explicitly about high school students. Yeah, I know. Go figure. So, the well, it, you know, I mean, the the Hunger Games was pretty brutal too, and that was about kids. So, who knows? True. We're weird. Society is weird. So that's Chocobo Mystery like, Dungeon. Chocobo Mystery Dungeon is not weird. It, it, well, I mean, it. it I mean, it is, it is weird, but it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So exactly, it's not much. It is. Uh, and it's available on Switch, but it's also, isn't it? It's available on PS4 too, right? I mean, it's around. Uh, I think so. Let me double check, but I'm pretty sure that you're right. The internet Chocobo will tell Mystery me. Dungeon. Yeah, PS4 and Nintendo Switch. So, sorry. <laughs> sorry to the uh, Xbox owners. Um, but you probably don't. You don't buy an Xbox to play Chocobo games. Um, so... That is, it is really cute. I loved what it looked like when I saw it, when they announced it. Uh, maybe I'll, you know, I'll pick it up on a sale someday. I, it just didn't strike me as a game that I must buy right away. Which is weird, because you know I love Final Fantasy. I don't know, you've got me sold. Um, I didn't sell you on my two games, I'm sure. But No, no. How but about... I already own them both, so yeah. we're okay. Yeah, alright. So, let me, t- let me tell you about something that I may be selling you on. Depending on your okay. situation... Uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite. Oh, yes. Tell me everything about the Nintendo Switch Lite. So we have one in the house. There actually is, if you go to our Instagram TV, there is a unboxing video as done by my son Jake 
So he saved up all his birthday money, all his Christmas money, and he wanted a blue Nintendo Switch Lite. It was, as soon as he saw that there was a blue one, he was all in. And somehow, an 11-year-old saved money. I, there was no way I was saving the money for a Nintendo Switch Lite when I was 11. So kudos to him for making that happen. That is pretty impressive for an 11-year-old. He was dedicated. He, he got most of the way. I covered the tax because, you know, it's... I'm not gonna make him. I'm not gonna make him wait until October for his next birthday. So the um, it, first off, if you want to see kind of what's in the box, head over to our Instagram TV, and you can go to it's Engage Family Gaming. Look up, look us up on Instagram, and you can see it. The first thing that hit me when I picked it up is, wow, is it light? When they say light, they are not kidding, Amanda. This thing is smaller. Everything about it feels lighter. And that's, that's awesome. Ki- it, yes, but it makes me really nervous because the Switch itself is not exactly known for its Game Boy-like durability, you know? And so I was afraid as soon as I saw how light it was that it was going to be way more delicate. Um, I can say comfortably it's pretty sturdy. I don't Mm want to talk about how I know, but it is sturdy. Okay. And, I mean, it plays the Switch games. It is a... By all accounts, it's a beautiful system. And considering its price point... It is absolutely designed to replace the 3DS. I know it's not actually replacing it yet because Nintendo doesn't announce the end of things, but... Not very often they don't. They don't. Well, why would you if people still buy them? But the Nintendo Switch Lite was 100% decided to fill the emotional gap of the Nintendo 3DS. And for the folks that are listening that are like, oh my goodness, it's a Nintendo Switch. How would I ever have it fill... The, what do you mean by the emotional gap? Let me tell you. Let's do a little thought experiment, Amanda. Let's take a walk. Do it. Okay, take, so, me, take me for the walk. So I have three children. You have four, mm-hmm. right? And we would say, oh, well, let's get a Switch for everybody. And the answer would be, what are you nuts? We can't get a Switch for everybody. That's, That's 300 bucks a piece. Why would you do that? Now let's fa- let's rewind four or five years ago. Oh, the Nintendo 3DS XL, you know, our oldest wants a Nintendo 3DS XL. We wouldn't have even thought about it. Right. We would have been like, cool, Nintendo 3DS XL. You get a kid a handheld. That makes sense. Now, admittedly, not everybody. There are some fo- But for us, we're like, handheld video game system. Give it to a kid. That makes sense. We've been doing that since the Game Boy. Fun fact. <laughs> the Nintendo 3DS XL... at that time. So, and the, and I know plenty of parents because I've been running Engage Family Gaming since that time. The 3DS was out when I started my, when I started this. There were plenty of parents who were like, oh, I've got a 10 year old and I have an 8 year old and I bought them two Nintendo Switch or Nintendo 3DS XLs. Didn't even think about it, just went and did it. Switch yeah. Lite's two hundred bucks, dude. So yeah, it's, that's wild. Um, and it is so obviously there are some differences. I, I made this illustration with the general, and she obviously pointed out 
the, the Switch Lite is not... It doesn't have the clamshell like the Nintendo 3DS. Of course there are differences. That's why I say it's the emotional replacement. The idea of it is at a price point that is low enough that a lot more people will either get one or get multiples. Because 300 is just a lot. <laughs> I mean, 200 is a yeah. lot too, but 200 is a little bit more manageable. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. just by nature of the fact that that's how money works. But sure. it's emotionally speaking, there are a lot of folks that imagine handheld for a kid, and I think it fits that bill perfectly. They obviously put it out just in time for the Pokemans. It worked because it's selling incredibly well. And I see no reason why it would slow down. The only thing that I think people are going to be bumping into is the is the very archaic Nintendo account system. And that's the problem that we have run into is... And, and for us, it's just a matter of time and setting it up. But the issue we run into is you're, when you create a Nintendo account, your game, you can't be on multiple Switches playing that same game at the same time. There's no game sharing on this thing, which is why we have three Switches in our house when Animal Crossing comes out, and we'll talk about this more in a little bit, we have to buy three copies. Oh, that's um, a lot, man. In order for all three of our kids to be able to play it. Now, will it be worth it? I absolutely believe so. 100%. Because the three of them will be able to play Animal Crossing together. That'll be a great summer for them, right? Being able to play that game together. And they're already excited and talking about what they're going to do and how they're going to play together. And they don't even know what the game is about yet, right? They just know it's Animal Crossing. So it'll be worth it. But it's that art, that issue where it's not being able to share accounts is going to be an issue, especially since a lot of parents buy Switches and immediately create themselves as the account. And if you create, you know, if if you create yourself as the account on Switch One and then get a Switch Lite for your younger kid and just put your own account on there, the games aren't going to work, and it'll be really frustrating. So I think that's something that, as time goes on and people start getting multiple Switches, you know, it'll be our responsibility to just remind people as best we can. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, that's it does, an, it's important. It doesn't ruin it. It's just, it's something that people are going to have to figure out. And it'll be a frustration that people will have to deal with. But that aside, it is a very cool piece of hardware. And the blue is very nice. Jacob really likes the blue. There's a gray That's one. Awesome. I kind of, I believe it or not, I actually kind of like the gray one. Um, okay. And the yellow one is very bright and very, very, like, SpongeBob yellow. Oh. Yike. But you know there's going to be really a, there's going to be a green one and a red one and a purple one and Oh, I'm you know. certain. Yeah. So this if Nintendo has shown us this blueprint before, we just got to read it. There will be all manner of different colors. So if the colors that you like aren't there yet, just they wait. will be. And man, did you see the access the Animal Crossing accessories in Japan? Yes. <sighs> Man, they, they this the switch lights are basically accessory machines. So if you like, yeah, it's and you can import that stuff. Uh, we're gonna have a whole bunch of Animal Crossing accessories in our house. I can tell you what. So that's the switch light. What do you think, Amanda? Sounds really interesting, and I think it's potentially a good fit for. It's potentially a good fit for our household too, because we've been doing a lot of thinking about how we can get the kids to play Switch, because we have three Switches between the three adults that play games. 
we also got all three of these switches at launch and we individually paid for them. You know, they didn't really, they came from like our personal spending accounts at the time. So we, I've been thinking a lot about like, look, our eldest son really loves playing games and so does our youngest son and Vivi's really into playing games too, but I don't know if it really warrants getting her own switch. So uh, the light's a good idea though, because Gabe had a had a 2DS, the original 2DS when it uh-huh. came out. Played the heck out of it, and he yep. does love the Switch. And I think that he loves like when when the kids sit down, they're very into handheld gaming, so they love their iPads because they play Apple Arcade all the time. It's of course, like, because Apple Arcade is the best. Probably the best uh, value in gaming right now. Yeah, that and Xbox Game Pass. It's yeah. like, you get those two, you're set. Because yeah. you can have Xbox Game Pass on your computer as well, which is just like, well, you're covered on basically everything. Yes. Um, Except for, you know, your PlayStation, I guess, which, whatever. But point being, they love handheld gaming. So I feel like they don't necessarily need to have it docked because they like the tactile sensation of holding something. So mm-hmm. they play on the Wii U still. So that's saying something, right? Yeah. Like, they play... Um, Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze all the time on the Wii U. So they're playing like hard mode all the time. That game is insanely difficult. And they're playing it without Funky. Without Funky. I know. Vivian's playing. She's done so well on that game. I I cannot. I'm so bad at it. I'm good at video games, but I'm bad at platformers. They are just not. I love platformers, but I'm so bad at them. so. Um, So yeah, I think that like maybe investing in some switch lights might be that might be in our future maybe might be the, the answer, answer for our ha- for our household you know we got a switch light for the for the eldest son and a switch light for the two little ones to share yep. which would be more than okay that's awesome well it's really maybe. cool i'm really glad that he picked it up uh me Good too very impressed with him and he he absolutely loves it obviously he doesn't bring it to school and because i'm sure he'll listen to this later no you may not bring it to school yeah but you know, just just throwing that out there. But yeah, so that's the Switch Lite. Very cool. Glad that we have one in the house. We'll have a... I'm going to put it through its paces over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we missed the actual release window, so I'm not in, under any particular pressure to get a review out. But we will have one soon-ish. You know how that goes. Um, so, why don't we take a little bit of a break, and then we'll come back. And I have... One minor topic to talk about before we hop right into our most anticipated video games of 2020. Amazing. Let's do it. We will be right back, folks. everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now what's up everybody welcome back to the engaged family gaming podcast this is still episode 207 i am still steven i'm still here 
with my very best friend, the Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow. How are you still? I am so good now because we got to talk about Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. Good. I know you you wanted to talk about it last week, but I was like, no, this is board game week. We have time. And Actually, so, and that's so not true. So I just played it instead. <laughs> yeah, so you basically just played it. It's fine. And, and really, it's not true. I was perfectly ready to go on the tangent. You actually did what you normally do, which is you kept me in line. So thank you very much for that. So speaking of – I don't even, I don't have a segue for this. So the main topic is the most anticipated video games of 2020. But I want to talk about a game that came out today. This is Tuesday, January 22nd. Do you – or no, today's Wednesday, January 22nd. So it's a game that came out yesterday. Uh, Amanda, are you familiar with te- <laughs> with Temtem? Yes, I am. So I-, I became aware of like okay, so it was it existed in my periphery and I will admit that I dismissed it for as long as it has been around because I just assumed that it was never actually going to happen and it like actually came out yesterday and was so popular that the servers were crashing. Yes. And so I, I recorded an episode of the EFG Daily Commute today, which is entitled, I Want to Play Temtem. Um, and I guess I should tell people what it is, but Amanda, could you tell us, what is Temtem? <laughs> so Temtem is like Pokemon, but an MMO. Yep, there we go. You did it. We did it. Yeah, we can just, seriously, we can that up. is like, that. that's the elevator pitch for Temtem. It is the cutest darn MMO outside of like the original Ragnarok online which was extremely cute but it was but that was of... like chibi right that was like chibi cute yeah and that was also extremely Korean so um, and that was also 2000 so that was 20 oh my goodness gracious me it was 20 years ago yeah okay so I'm gonna like go and die of embarrassment um, about that but Yes, Temtem is like Pokemon, but without the licenses, and it's multiplayer. Massively multiplayer. Yeah. It's extremely cool. It looks awesome. I, I'm i waiting for these servers to stabilize a little bit, and then I'm probably going to pick up Temtem, because it just looks that good. Yeah, me too. It like... So, it is... Let me, let me tell you guys exactly... And if you hear my daughter in the background... She is playing Pokemon, so I I can only can, I can only calm the beast so much. So if you hear sh- shrieking in the background, it means she caught something. Um, I'll give you real time updates, everybody. So let me tell you how Pokemon this Pokemon game is without it being Pokemon. So you're a care you are a player, and you start off on an adventure. And you have to, and and you have to adventure through these six different islands in this floating archipelago. And the first thing that you have to do is choose one of three starter Temtem, <laughs> and they yes. have different types. And then you run around, and you use them to battle other Temtem that have different types. Some of which you have advantage against, and some of which you don't. Mm-hmm. And when you capture them, you capture them in cards. That's a little bit different, but whatever. It is a little different. But still, um, it's also adorable. And you have customized co- costumes, etc. I am... 
She's very excited. Do you have a bronzong now? Yeah. Okay. She's she's gonna have a heart attack, I think. So, the um, all of this, I will admit, and you probably have a better perspective on this. Is this surviving because it is legally distinct? Yes. And that's just it. Like their legal team has to have like gone through and been like every single thing has to be a, a complete like. Is that just the only way it's surviving? Because the Pokemon well, company is not. I mean, a they're extremely company. litigious. They're extremely litigious. Yeah. I don't think. I think this is far enough away from the specter of Pokemon while eliciting those same very positive feelings that legal at the Pokemon company is probably not even really paying attention to it. Oh, There's okay. no reason to. It's just. It's a cute game that's kind of similar if you look at it sideways, but if you've never played a Pokemon game before, it's not going to you're not going to recognize it. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you for talking me off that particular ledge. I get what you're saying, and I mm-hmm. I I can kind of I can dig that that it's sure it's close enough, but it's far enough it's far enough away. That we can draw the comparisons, but we, it's not the same game. I get it. That makes sense. Thank you very much for talking me off of that particular ledge. Yeah, no problem. Because I was watching the trailers, and I was like, guys, <laughs> um, how is this possible? But you're right. I was probably just overreacting. Also, you know more about this particular angle of the internet, or not of the internet, of the gaming space than I do, because you're kind of an expert of that particular type of thing, so... Uh, that's why I was glad that I wanted to go over it with you. So that's Temtem. I'm fairly confident that you and I will be talking about this game at some point. It's currently in early access. It's on PC, but it's scheduled to come everywhere. And I've heard lots of good things about it from the people who've been able to play, like, for a few minutes at a time. The servers have been obnoxious. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's to be, that's to be expected with large-scale early access launches in general. Yeah. But especially because you're you're factoring in a lot of network, a lot yeah. of network nonsense. Like this is an extremely ambitious game. Yeah. They are, they're really they're pulling out all the stops for this game. So I like I said, I'm really interested in playing it. I'm gonna wait for the servers to stabilize. Yeah. And see how things play out. But I'm very interested in checking this game out. I think it's entirely my jam. Yeah, I think uh, I think I may be tempted to just hop in and start like an EFG clan or whatever they call them. Um, because why not? This sounds like it'll be fun. So that is Temtem. Okay. Wanted to get that out of there. If you want to hear more of my thoughts, go to engagefamilygaming.com slash podcast and listen to them because I recorded a podcast about it this morning. I also put it up on YouTube or yeah, it's on YouTube now. So, um, let's get to work. Most anticipated video games of 2020. You and I had a bit of a time over the last 24 hours trying to figure out what games we could talk about. And it, part of that's because we don't know a lot. It's true. But once we like really sat down, put our shoulders to the wheel, we were able to... I think we still don't know everything, right? Like, Nintendo is very likely going to have a Direct in the next month and like blow us out of the water with all sorts of crazy stuff. But even without knowing what's coming out, we found some some bangers that we can talk we about. Do we, we really want to just go for it and just get get the big one out of the way? I yeah, I Let's would. just do it. Let's just do it. All right, Animal Crossing New Horizons. 
you and I have talked about this. I talked about it a bunch at E at during our E three episodes. You and I have talked about it several times since then. Let's give one quick elevator pitch as to why we think this is probably going to be the biggest game for EFG of this year because I think it is. Do you? Uh, I think this is definitely going to be a solid contender. I am thoroughly expecting to be blown away by a bunch of games this year. Okay. Um, even for EFG, I genuinely am. I think that we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that Animal Crossing has been so hotly anticipated since the beginning of the Switch cycle. Like, we have been waiting for an Animal Crossing game for right. literal years. Yeah. The only one that we have now outside of New Leaf is Pocket Camp. And Pocket Camp is great, but Pocket Camp is also a heavily monetized mobile game. So... And it's like not... a third of an Animal Crossing game. Yeah, it doesn't have all of the aspects of an Animal Crossing game that we that we really liked. Mm -hmm. So, we were waiting for a long time. Like, I remember when we picked, this, picked up the Switches when they initially came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. 17? Yeah, it was 17. Yep. Like, my goodness, it's three years old this year. How time flies. I know, right? Um, it's it's wild. When we picked up the Switches and we started paying attention to what the big releases were in the first year, we're like, well, okay, so maybe they're saving Animal Crossing for next year. And then yeah. 2018 rolled around and we're like, okay, well, there's no, there's no Animal Crossing. 2019. Okay, announcing Animal Crossing's good. That's along the right lines. And then waiting until 2020. So... We've been waiting for a long time. I think a lot of people are really hype about it. Um, not just kids, but parents too. Parents that are really excited about, you know, having access to an Animal Crossing game again. So, sure. so yeah, I think this is going to be this is going to be a biggie for us. I think this is This has the real potential to be a game of the year consideration. Well played um, and well stated. I agree with everything you said. I th I think Animal Crossing, almost more than anything else, Nintendo puts out almost is all ages entertainment as opposed to some things that can be inter interpreted as like a kid's game. I think Animal Crossing is there's it's just scalable, there's lots of stuff you can do. You can, you know, get into the design aspect and like really design the tiles that you make your roads out of or you can just run around and catch bugs. You know, like this is I can't wait. I love the the fact that they added that Minecraft style crafting. That's really what I'm interested in to see how deep that gets. Because Animal Crossing has the potential and has always had some pretty, you know, it's had some pretty good stuff in it. Um, and I think New Horizons has the potential because there's more hardware power to just have some deeper systems kind of working under the hood. Also, I'm excited to see what Nintendo is going to be able to do because this will be the first Animal Crossing game in a post-games-as-a-service environment. Animal Crossing has always been a game that was designed to be touched every day but not played for hours at a time, where mm -hmm. it was appointment gaming. You come in, you play for an hour, you put it down. You do that once every couple of days for an entire year so that you could catch all the bugs that you can get in the winter and the pine cones and all the stuff, right? Imagine the fact that they can do that. I mean, how long did they, sus did they support Splatoon 2? They're still getting updates, and that was basically a launch title three years ago. Animal Crossing New Horizons is going to just continually get updated, or at least it has the potential to if it sells a it lot, does. which yeah. it probably will sell a lot. And that's really interesting to me because I would, I mean, I'm sure there will be paid DLC, and you know, I'm, sh I'm not willing to bet on it 
thank you, Nicole Tanner. You ruined me on that. But <laughs> this is one of those. Um, this is one of those things. I'm really excited to see how they do it. What the stuff is under the hood, and also, um, it's really freaking cute. It is. It's going to be adorable. I'm. I'm excited about it. Like, I'm way more excited about it. I think than I would have been had I not really been an Animal Crossing fan. I wasn't an Animal Crossing fan, believe it or not, until I met Mike. And he's like, all right, sit down. You need to check out Animal Crossing. And I was like, dude, this game is, like, way too cute for me. And this is before I could admit to myself that I really liked cute games. Because this was, like, five years ago. So five years ago, Amanda just wanted to play, like, hardcore games and didn't really play cute games at all. Amanda these days plays a lot of cute games. Man, you've so. been changed. You have, I have been, been changed. changed. I, I have. I can't wait to hear all the stories when I see you soon. So, <laughs> all right. So, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. It was it was literally the first game I wrote down before I did the rest of the show notes. Let's move on to more interesting stuff. So, this spring is actually pretty busy. We figured out because man, just in the next couple of months, we got some bangers. Um, I- I'm going to bring up one that I always forget, but I'm super hyped for it. It's Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Thank you for yeah. reminding me. Ori and, Ori and the Blind Forest was amazing. Beautiful. True. It was the the soundtrack. Man, that soundtrack, that opening song is probably one of my favorite opening songs like of any game save the traditional opening theme for Final Fantasy games. That's fair. It was absolutely gorgeous. I would challenge anyone to put that on their Spotify playlist and not fall in love with it. The only thing that gives me pause about Ori and the Will of the Wisps is that Ori and the Blind Forest was hard as all get out and I would presume that this is going to be very difficult also. Yes, this is gonna this is gonna be a tough one too. I don't I don't know how much of a, a palm blister inducing game it's gonna be if you play it with a controller, because um, I haven't had a chance to preview it. I know it was at E3 this year, and that there were a number of of you know behind closed doors previews and and stuff like that. But I definitely didn't get a chance to. So, but I think that it's safe to say that this is gonna be this is gonna be another blister game. This is going to be an ouchie, but it's going to be totally worth it because what a what a feast. Yeah, this is going to be – man, this is one of those games that if you don't like particularly challenging games, just wait until someone's speedrunning it at Games Done Quick or something like that. This, is, this will mm-hmm. be absolutely worth a watch. I am certain that I will be recording some gameplay and putting it up on YouTube so people can watch me be terrible at it. But, man, it is – and it's coming up very soon. Let me, I don't even. It is. It's coming out in March, I believe. Yeah, within the next couple of months. Cannot wait. It's been delayed a bunch. Hopefully, it doesn't get delayed like everything else has this year. And yeah, so and it's going to be Xbox and PC, and I'm sure it will eventually come to Switch because the first one did. So. Sure. It's unannounced there, but like you know. Microsoft is weird recently, so I would bet that it would be on Switch by the end of the year. Who knows? But that's Ori and the Will of the Wisps. What about you, Amanda? Uh, one of one of my big anticipated games, thanks to my current love of Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh, goodness. 
I know, right? I know. It's 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 going to follow the same kind of formula, I'm sure. Completely different story, of course, because you can't really just, you know, drop crystals in. <laughs> you you cannot. <laughs> With Pokemon. Um, I don't know too, too much about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, but all I know is that it's another Mystery Dungeon game, so it's going to scratch that Etrian Odyssey itch where I just really want to run around dungeons and get a bunch of loot and beat up a bunch of monsters and have some cool buddies with me. Pocket monsters, as it were. Pocket monsters, so what's yeah. Cool, what's cool about this one is, if what Amanda just said sounds exciting, there's a demo out on the Switch right now. It's about an sure hour is. and a half long, and you can carry your progress over to the main game, which is my favorite aspect of the demos for role-playing games, because you can mm-hmm. play through the tutorial bits now, and then when the game actually comes out, you know how to play, and you can just go. Uh, Evan played through the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX demo on the Switch, and he went from, what's this game, to, Dad, this game. That's awesome. And the art style, let me throw some interesting facts out. This game, the art style looks like the Kingdom Hearts 2 Winnie the Pooh level, meaning it looks like a hand-drawn storybook. And I am here for that. So we will have that game. Originally, when it was when they announced it, I was like, oh, maybe we'll get it for Christmas or something. You know, we'll get it later. It's probably not going to be something we're going to cover. And then Evan was like, Dad, we, we need this because <laughs> it's important. And Evan's because smart Evan enough. Because Evan knows what's up. Yeah. Well, number one, he knows what's up. But also, he definitely knows how to manipulate me into buying a game early, which is to really tell me that it's important for the editorial direction of engaged family gaming. Like he really like wow. he's smart. He's smart. That's great. Um and as a result I looked at him and I said, Alright, yeah, you're probably right. We'll get it at Walmart. <laughs> um so yeah, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Now for those folks that are wondering what's the DX, what is this the deluxe version of this is two Game Boy games that are uh there was a red and a blue version that obviously had different Pokemon because that's how different colored versions work, um, combined into one game and obviously completely redrawn. So this is kind of, I'm excited about it too. I completely forgot about it. Even though my son's talk, my oldest son talks about it every day. This is like his next big jam is Pokemon mystery dungeon. It's going to be good. I'm pretty excited about it personally. So I'm I'm glad that I have, I have good company on that. You do. You and Evan will enjoy it. A lot together, I'm sure. Uh, let's talk about the Dark Crystal. And I'm not talking about the, the Netflix show. <laughs> that happened. Um, if you had told me a year ago today that at E3 someone was going to announce a Dark Crystal tactical RPG, I would have been concerned that you were taking your medication incorrectly. Because. <laughs> You know, like first off, the show hadn't even been announced yet, or it like it had been announced, it but it had it been had. announced, but we didn't have like firm data on it at that point. Like we just knew it was coming eventually, but still, it does not. It did not strike me as a, you know, tactical role playing game. But here we are, Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance Tactics. You put this on the list. Now I am I ex- interested in it. You are hype about it. Share. Okay, so, but you know me, 
right? I you do. know that I have a deep, unabiding love of all things tactical, all things strategic, and all things RPG. So if you just mash those together into a game, it's probably a game I'm going to get really okay. excited about. So the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance tactics, I haven't played it yet. I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity to play it. They were demoing it. I know you played it, Mike. I know. I asked you to take that appointment. <laughs> Man, this so is Mike that's a that's it. a flex right there, everybody. Uh, Mike in the background being like, "I played it. I know you're yeah. psyched." Yeah, man, that's a flex. Yeah, look the look on his face right now. He's oh, just man. like, he is so man, he's gonna pay for that one later, folks." Nah, um, fine. Uh, but he got a chance to play it, and I think that based on our initial conversation, Mike, you were pretty you were pretty into it. It's pretty, and it's definitely a pretty hardcore tactics game. You want to? Do you want to come and talk about? You want to come talk about it real quick? Do you want to guest I'll host? Just, I'll just lean in. Gonna, oh. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, everybody. All right, Mike's here. He's right. gonna talk about it. Um, big fan of the original Dark Crystal. Haven't watched the new series yet. Oh, it relates very, very heavily, obviously, to the series. Um, it is challenging. Uh, the uh, the classes are cool. The abilities are cool. Um, it reminded me a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics. So see, that's where he got me. Was right there with it reminds me of Final Fantasy Tactics. I know that some people had had some issues with it. Yes, it still needed a bunch of polish when I played it. That was a year before release, so. Yeah, it's a year before. Release. It should have needed polish. Um, it looks, I mean, from my perspective, it looks like the show. They look like the puppets. Okay. So from that perspective, like aesthetically it worked for me, but I think people who don't know Dark Crystal, hadn't watched Dark Crystal or the new show, or um, might not be familiar with the aesthetic, looked at it and like, what, what? What is this nonsense? Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. Thank you for thank you for giving us your input on this. Thank you for the rapid fire guest spot. So yeah, that's Dark <laughs> Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. So wait, so I know you love tactics games. Does I that do. mean you're are you gonna play that soccer tactics game? I don't know, man. Is I that a know. bridge too far? That might be a bridge too. I will probably play it. Let's be real. Yeah, you put real. a tactic. You 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 put a, like a tactics game in front of me, and you're like, hey, this is a tactical game. I'll be like, ooh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I it's just I, I'm so not. I, I'm so bad. Everybody's got a weakness, and apparently, that's mine. That's yours, and that's fine. So, Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. That's coming out for Switch, PS4, and PC. Is it coming to Xbox too? Um, I don't know if it's coming to Xbox. Let's look. The internet knows. I think that that's probably a fair assumption to make. That the internet knows, or that it's coming to Xbox. That is coming to Xbox. Well, we know it's coming to Steam. Also, it's very inexpensive, which I do enjoy that. This is going to be a $20 video game, and I love those. Let's see. So it's coming to PlayStation, and it's coming to Steam and Switch. Let's see. All right. GameSpot will know. My cousin Peter will come through. Yes. Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Beauty. I mean, he didn't write it, but whatever. He is GameSpot to me. Um, as it should be. So, um, let's let's just... You know, I'm going to talk about Minecraft Dungeons. Can we talk about Minecraft Dungeons, the game that both of us know is just 
gonna be this crazy ubiquitous success to the point where we forget that it's coming out even though we're both kind of excited for it yeah i think that this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a weird one what not in a bad way weird i don't know i i play oh mike left i didn't even realize he left but he left um i play minecraft to build things not to fight things so for me this is definitely not up my alley okay but i can totally and a hundred percent see all three of my youngest kids getting an absolute charge out of this game sure yeah um i love multiplayer isometric action rpgs i love diablo i love the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. And this is what this feels like to me. It feels like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but with Minecraft characters. And mm-hmm. one of the issues that people run into is if you like those games, there's not infinity of them, right? Like, the, right. there aren't a lot. And, not, and the ones they do make, some of them are just kind of meh, right? This has the advantage of... It's got a really good... It, it has a really good license. And from everything that I have seen, it's doing everything right. It is using the properties in interesting ways. You're fighting mobs that you're familiar with. Um, I am all in on this. Me and the boys are going to play so much of this game. Uh, I would... Folks, expect many, many Minecraft Dungeon YouTube videos on the Engage Family Gaming YouTube channel. This is like... When we were putting out the calendar, we put, we circled this one in red ink. Like this is happening because we all love those games, and it's Minecraft with a dodge roll. You know what I mean, babe? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't. Our my, neither of our webcams work, and this is me like slamming my fists on my desk. Like, yes, Minecraft with a dodge roll. <laughs> um, I can't wait for this it's gonna be so dorky but the thing is what's crazy is we have it circled in red and i know it's gonna be good but i always forget that it's coming and it's dumb but i think part of it is just because minecraft has just been a part it's been ubiquitous exactly it's like i don't get excited for fords because That's like fair. they're there and yeah they're cool yeah. right like man that new mustang looks so awesome but like i don't get excited about it because it's just there, you know? So I am very excited for Minecraft Dungeons. That's coming soon. And, yeah, and it's going to make a lot of money. It is. <laughs> it's just so, so much money. money. So uh, what else are you excited about, Amanda? Um, so with the other one that I want to talk about, just as a really crossing my fingers that it shows up this year. Yeah, let's talk about is- it. Let's do it. I, I've been I've been waiting for this game now for two years. From the first time that I previewed it at E3. Let's talk about Tunic. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about having an amazing fox friend. So cute little fox friend. Little fox friend. Everybody needs a good fox friend. So Tunic is is being developed and it's being published by Finji. So Finji's responsible for Night in the Woods and I think it's called is it called Overworld? Uh, Overland. Overland. That's what it was. Overland's a really interesting game. I like it a lot. It's hard, and it's difficult to get into, um, but Night in the Woods is legitimately one of my favorite games. So when I previewed Tunic, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a Finji game. This is an incredible game. 
Like I didn't get to put my I didn't get to put my nets on the game. I wasn't allowed to touch the controller, but I was so excited I about it. it. Oh, well, you are miles ahead of me. So you can tell me all about what the gameplay is like because I have yet to play the game. Well, let me so I have a funny story about how I found this game because I was not, I did not see it at E3. And let me tell you how excited I have been about this game since the moment I saw it. I was waiting in line to pl- to demo Shovel Knight. Not Shovel Knight, but it was uh, Spectre Knight. I was in Spectre. line, and I had been waiting in line to play the Spectre Knight expansion at PAX East for shovel you know, I, I, for maybe a half hour. And I was looking at my phone, and one Greg Miller posted on his Instagram story, because he is a prolific Instagram user, that he saw this game, and he showed Tunic, and he was at PAX East, and he was literally what he was doing was just walking the floor, posting pictures of games that he thought looked cool. And I saw that game, I, I damn near teleported from Shovel Knight to this game. And I left the line for a Shovel Knight game. You know, Shovel Knight, one of my favorite games of the decade... Uh, one of my favorite games ever, really, and the fact that I left a line to go play this game, it was important. Uh, that's that's how excited I was. Um, it plays like a Legend of Zelda game. That's yes, it, it does. It, it's 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 a 2D Zelda, even though it's 3D. Um, it's an isometric action RPG, which we know I love. It is adorable. The soundtrack is great. The idea is you're this little fox dude, and you roll onto this island and you don't know why you're there or what's going on and there are monsters and you have to explore it really is evoking some of those Legend of Zelda feels and I am so excited for it now the only problem with Tunic is we don't know that it's coming out this year so you and I debated were we going to talk about it and you know what Uh, I hope it comes out this year I think it's reasonable that it could come out this year there's a lot of 2020 left but it's being made by one dude Yes, it is being made by literally one guy, and while he does have the the resources, like he does have Finji's resources um, at his disposal, so yep. to speak, the big problem is that at the end of the day, this is still just one person responsible yep. for this whole project. He's bringing in, you know, he's got a beautiful composer, he's working with other folks as subcontractors, but again, we have to be patient for this game. Yep. But this is me essentially putting in the midst of a summoning circle tunic tunic in 2020 this is what i am looking for please Uh, make it happen i'm down all right so um i'm gonna i'll talk about my game that i hope comes out this year and then i'll close it out with my absurd pick that i'm i'm waiting for it this is my (laughs) ph de resistance which is actually I really think it's my most anticipated game of the year right now, and it's because of, it's just so dumb. Anyway, I want to talk about Gods and Monsters. Okay. Yes, talk to me about Gods and Monsters. Um, okay, Ubisoft makes Ubisoft games. Now, that, that may all change because they had to figure out that making the same Ubisoft game over and over again apparently stops selling. However, Ubisoft makes Ubisoft games, meaning they are generally open world games where you go, you find a tower, you climb to the top of it, you scan something, search something, meditate on something, do whatever. And then it exposes a bunch of mini games and quests in the surrounding area. You go down, you do those things, you find another tower, you climb up. It's the same game, just in a different place. Is it a military shooter? Are you an assassin in Greece? Are you a 
stoner in a tropical island, like whatever, right? Gods and Monsters was supposed to be that set on like a weird fictitious Greek mythology island. Call just like fine. <laughs> now for me, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I love those kind of games. The idea sure. where I can just go in, chip away at a little bit of stuff, do a quest here, do a quest there, just kind of wander around where the spirit takes me. I love those kind of games. I hope they make it happen. One of the things that Ubisoft is not super great at with that particular model is making games that are rated T or below. Generally, their games are Headshot City or Stabomatics, right? Yeah, that's just what it is. And that's fine, right? Like, not everyone has to make games for all ages. However, they have to know that games that are not rated M are available to a wider audience. And so why not have one of their pillars be a game that is accessible to everybody? And so we know that that's one of the design philosophies behind God and Monsters, that it's intended to be maybe not, you know, quote-unquote a kid's game, right? But, like, to be a little bit more accessible than, say, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Right. And Well, Odyssey is accessible if you play Discovery Mode. That is... Discovery Mode is wonderful, it's wicked. But it's it the rest of the game though. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> There's the rest of the game mode. Should you wander into the actual game as it was originally designed. But Gods and Monsters, a little bit different. You're a dude fighting Medusas and Cyclopses and the Nemean Lion and all sorts of other stuff. That sounds great. It was originally supposed to come out in February, which when they told us that, we all thought they were lying. Sure, um, we did. I knew that it was going to get delayed because, of course, it was going to get delayed. However, um, now it doesn't have a, like it doesn't really have a release date, so they could have bumped it out of this year, and it really wouldn't surprise me if this comes out in spring twenty twenty one. I would shrug my shoulders and be like, "Okay, cool," but I'm hoping that it comes out in this year. I am excited for it. It looks yeah. great, right? From what really little bit we've seen, yeah, from the little bit that we've seen, it looks really interesting. Thank you. I'm glad to know that I am not by myself. Now, speaking of games that I am probably all by myself on. Probably a little bit. (sighs) All right. Everybody, Amanda has been waiting since, what, 11 o'clock this morning for me to go off on this game. (laughs) So um, I want to talk about Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions. Now, if you're wondering, why isn't there a the in there? It should be Rise of the New Champions. I'll tell you why, folks. Because this game is about as Japanese as you can get. It's, like, not quite... (laughs) Like, it is... I can't even articulate it. It's not Yakuza level of Japanese, but it's pretty close. Captain Tsubasa, Rise of New Champions, is based on an anime and a manga that has been around for a very long time about soccer. Okay, and you are a dude or a team of dudes. I'm honestly not sure. I know Captain Tsubasa is an important person in this universe, but I don't know what you're doing in the game. But the idea is you are playing anime soccer to the point where you have super attacks that help score goals. Like you can do a bicycle kick and conjure a golden flaming lion to help power your move. Yeah, that's right. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I love absurdity, and I love stupid, and this looks absurd and stupid in all the right ways. I have already challenged John, 
my uh, Linda's husband to a game, and I cannot. I, I, Amanda, I can't even articulate how excited I am for this stupid soccer game. Captain Subasa, Rise of New Champions. I, I'm speechless. Like I, don't... <laughs> when I, I saw this, I, I don't am... even know what to do about it. When I saw this, I immediately posted. I shared it on my Facebook wall, and I tagged you, and I was like, Amanda, this is it. This is the game. And I, I got some sideways looks from people that were like, why are you why are you this way? And I'll tell you why I'm this way. Because it's dumb. Also, you know what game this really gives me? So th- th- the real reason, outside of the fact that it's absurd... One of the games that I really enjoyed back in the Super Nintendo days was Mega Man Soccer. Are you familiar with Mega Man Soccer? This is literally the first time I've ever heard of it. So, it's a soccer game where you play as Mega Man characters. And the idea is you would go, you would defeat a team, and then you would take one of their players, and they would then be on your team. And so you could put, like, Woodman in the goal, right? It okay. was dumb, but it was fine. It was Mega Man Soccer. I'm I am I know I have played this but now I have to search it because I'm afraid that this might be like a Mandela effect thing. Um I'm looking it up. No, okay. There's a manual I just found it. So Mega Man Soccer it was on the SNES and it came out in 1994 and I remember playing it and loving it so much. And that's what this is really giving me vibes of. Kind of also Super Mario Strikers. The idea of I love sports games that don't take themselves seriously, and man, <laughs> this game does not take itself seriously. And that is what I kind of want, right? Like at the very end, this might just be the cool arcade soccer game that I have always wanted. So um, that's the serious reason. The other reason is because I want to do a bicycle kick and summon a flaming lion. Right? Uh... You know, this is this game sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Saying, are you telling me? Are you telling me that I'm on my own, and it's okay if you, I'm on my own? You might be on your own on this one, friendo. Okay. Not because, not because I want to knock the game or knock you. I just. I get it. It's not your jam. That's okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna buy it. I'm probably gonna buy the collector's edition, and I'll bring it to your so house. Proud of you. Okay. Cool. Nailed and then it. I'll and then we'll just play it at your house. And you'll be like, okay, Steve, I get it. And you'll watch my YouTube videos. I might be a Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions YouTuber. Like, that could be my new career. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) Could you imagine if I'm like, honey, I got to quit work. Um, I'm going to stream Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions. I'm going to be a Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions speedrunner. No, probably not. But I'm definitely going to play it. So, everybody, these are not the only games that are coming out in 2020. Obviously, we left a bunch of stuff off, namely... We had to. All the big titles, like, you know, Cyberpunk, that is Headshot City, and, you know, all sorts of other M-rated games that both of us are very excited to play. Um, Although I oscillate back and forth about Cyberpunk. Believe it or not, now that it's delayed, I kind of want to play it a little bit more. Like, it's playing hard to get, so it, like, worked. Like, now I'm like, I guess I gotta play this game now. And I'm sure I will play it, but I'm like, eh. But... So many good games are coming out this year. 2020 is going to be very exciting. But I want to hear from you about what your most anticipated family-friendly video games are of 2020. So I, Amanda and I are going to share this in the Engage Family Gaming community, which you can reach by going to engagefamilygaming.com community. I would love you to go there, join the group if you have not already, 
and share with us what, what are you looking forward to? Is there something that we missed? Maybe we did. Probably not, but maybe we didn't bring it up and we want to hear about it. Right, Amanda? Very true. I definitely want to hear about it. And I want to hear about the fact that we definitely skipped out on talking about both big Final Fantasy games this year. <laughs> yeah, we totally did. Well, here's the thing, right? We can't talk about all of it, friend. We can't. And Final Fantasy VII, this is, this is my thought on this one. This will be real fast. If you were hype about Final Fantasy VII Remake, you, you bought it already. It's, it's not coming out until, like, April, but, like, you bought it already. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I wanted we wanted to make sure, with the exception of Animal Crossing, you know, we wanted to kind of highlight some of the games that people might have forgotten about or didn't know. And Final Fantasy VII is probably the... I mean, man, I think it's the, one of the highest-profile releases this year. And it, y'all are good. You know that we're hype about it. You know I'm going to play it because I'm a slave to Final Fantasy. So it, it's just that's why we didn't race to bring it up it's true very true there's also crystal chronicles but we also can't talk about that because there's not enough time we're out of time we can't talk about all the games so anyway if you have games that you are hotly anticipating for the year that are rated t and under we are not talking about the m-rated games of the year if we were i would be talking nonstop about watchdogs 3 so <laughs> we're not doing that and i'm not talking about watchdogs 3 nonstop. you can follow me on twitter for that so definitely talk to us about what you guys are are interested in we can't wait to hear your thoughts absolutely let's do the thing let's let's get into it let's let's do it yeah let's talk about 2020 let's get it oh my god 2020 is happening it is exciting so everybody um, this has been episode 207 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. Next week is board game time. And interestingly enough, I forgot to tell Amanda before we started recording today that next week we have a guest. Uh, oh, dang. Her name, because I forgot it, because I'm a bad person, is, Ann, is Anna Maria Jackson Phelps. She is from the Girls Game Shelf. And uh, she is going to be talking to us about game schooling etc so um she is very she uh, she actually reached out to me saying that she wanted to come on the podcast and i was like yeah <laughs> let's do it so next week we're gonna have a guest so it will likely be me amanda linda and uh anna maria phelps from the uh, girls game shelf we're gonna have a string of guests because i have a few other board game folks and but and man this is gonna get busy because then after that it's toy fair time Woosa. Wow. That's everybody. Gonna be, gonna be a lot. So everybody, you have yourself a great week. I will uh, you will hear my voice on other car related podcasts um, throughout <laughs> the week. Um, but until next time, I hope you have a great day. And don't forget to get your family game on. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Up by Kevin McLeod, and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.